0: Terms and conditions apply.
2: When you have a Miller Light in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Light. Miller Light, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs with a Miller Light in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It it tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Light delivered right to your door, Visit millerlightcom slash Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I hope you had a great weekend. I did. Welcome to the program. Boys are here ready to go on this Monday, Hour 1. We get to phone calls here. Best and worst of the weekend. There was a lot to shuffle through you can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to our TV partner, Peacock. You can watch for free. Download the app and our great radio affiliates, numbering 362 around the world, and those on chat row, moderated by, of course, Tyler. We'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that coming up and your phone calls, but happy National NFL Overreaction Day. Every season we do it. We read way too much into week one. And this year, the overreactions are probably less accurate than ever before because there was no preseason, no offseason workouts. The loudest one probably comes out of Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers falling to the Saints and new quarterback Tom Brady throwing a couple interceptions, a pick six. But you have to remember, it was his first game in a new system. Let's give him a chance before you hand the NFC South to the New Orleans Saints. And panic, no doubt, is setting in in places like Minnesota, Indianapolis, Cleveland. And I get it. They look bad. But I'm going to give them one more week. And then you have the positive side. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson Jr., the third. They look great. A continuation of last year. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't help but think what Jordan Love must have been thinking on the sidelines. Watching Aaron Rodgers put on a clinic. He's probably going, I'm not getting this job anytime soon. No, and they never should have drafted you. But you also had Kyler Murray. Believe the hype. Kyler Murray, my Cardinals, look good week one. And then you got my Dallas Cowboys last night against the Rams. Thought it was a bad call against Michael Gallup. And, but hey, uh, the Rams did what they needed to do. Dallas got to win those games. Mike McCarthy, you're bringing him in for his play calling. you got to win those close games. But good start for the Rams. And it won't be long until we have a full slate of Week 2 games to overreact to. Got a couple of more games coming up tonight. Steelers-Giants, Titans-Broncos. The NBA is off. We have a Game 7, the Nuggets. That was one of those, oh, by the way, I text the Dan S. I said, um, oh, by the way, sorry to interrupt your NFL, but... Um, the Nuggets just forced a Game 7 with the Clippers. The uh, surprises yesterday. A- and look, I've already heard from Jacksonville fans. Yeah, I told you we're not tanking. We're not tanking. Okay. I didn't say the players would be tanking. The front office tanked because they shipped everybody out. I mean, it's not like Gardner Minshew is going to go, hey, I got a tank so we can get Trevor Lawrence, and then I'm out of a job. Gardner Minshew played great, but... Question mark there with Phillip Rivers. That's a good Colts team. Can't be losing to Jacksonville. The Eagles. Ooh, that could be trouble. And it may just be Carson Wentz, not the team. The Bears come back and beat Detroit. Washington ends up winning against the Eagles. Cardinals pick up a win against the Niners. And that's why it's week one, but it, feels like it's almost the preseason. It's like watching college football right now. It feels like the preseason. But with the NFL, these obviously are big games, real games, whereas college football, you're kind of easing in playing an opponent. Um, oh, speaking of college football, there was a lot reported over the weekend, and everything I saw, and these are different publications, everybody was uh, pretty much uh, handed the same kind of information that the Big Ten, now I'm, I'm told the Big Ten, the presidents and chancellors are going to vote this afternoon. That's what I was told yesterday, that they're going to vote this afternoon. They're trying to get nine votes. There is real, real tangible evidence and optimism here that they're going to be able to do these tests. They're going to get the, the rapid testing and, and you're going not everybody in the Big Ten is going to play, but there is real optimism from what I heard yesterday to my source. And and what's going to happen is they're going to try to get nine games, maybe eight games. And what they're going to try to do then is who passes the look test, because you might not play enough games like the ACC or the SEC or big 12. And you're hoping that uh, the voters will look, or, you know, the selection committee will look at Ohio state or, and, or Wisconsin, if Wisconsin plays, and then they would put them in the final four. But that's what the hope is with the Big Ten. Genuine optimism. And remember, I told you October 10th. It was October 10th as the target date. But they waited another week. Now it's October 17th. Then you're going to have the 19th of December for your Big Ten title game. And then the next day is when the selection committee will have its Final Four. So they, this is as tight a window as they can have. But I'm told that you can expect Big Ten football. I don't know how many schools are going to play. It is going to be a contentious vote is what I was told because you have some people who have been in the medical community who are presidents at places like Michigan, Northwestern, and they're not, they're going to be voting against this. Uh, You know, Michigan is probably not going to play. Michigan state's not going to play. Uh, Maryland probably not going to play, but you're going to get Nebraska and Iowa Purdue. You're going to get Indiana, Ohio state, I'm told that Wisconsin is sort of, uh, you know, while they want to play, I don't know if they're going to be able to play. So there's, there's a whole lot going on in the Big Ten, but what we might see is eight teams, nine teams that are going to be able to play. And are you going to be able to play how many games? But there's no bye weeks. It's going to be, you know, full speed ahead, straight ahead, play your games, hope for the best, and then maybe get one of the teams in the Final Four. That's what the goal is. I don't know what's going to happen with the other teams, the other schools. If you don't play, are you going to try to play in the spring? And that's going to be hard to do because how many teams are going to be there to play? And you're going to see a lot more players opting out, uh, from what I'm told. Certainly with the Pac-12, and you know the Big Ten was really worried that they were going to be losing players and losing, you know that that credit, that status of being and what they think is the best football conference in America, that they have to get back, and they're planning on get back, and I was told that there would be a vote this afternoon. Well, there's been a lot of reporting on it, some great reporting on it, and uh, I, I don't want to take anything away from what they've been reporting because they reported it first. The only thing I was told is trying to put up enough of a resume, if you're Ohio State, that we can show the committee we're really good. And we deserve to be in the Final Four because the SEC is going to get started next weekend. And, you know, these other schools, Big Ten's not going to start for, what, three more weeks? That's a long time. Yeah, Paul?
3: I wonder wonder what the structure of the Big Ten vote, if it happens later today, will be the same structure as a month ago where 11 teams voted to not play, three voted to play. But they went as consensus, like the majority decided. If it goes the other way, Let's say it's 11-3 to play today. Do the three teams that don't want to play have to play? Because that was the rule. I know I'm I'm being a little facetious here, but it is funny that
2: uh, that will change. No, and I'm told you have to have nine votes. But I said, well, wait, there's 14 teams. Wouldn't eight be majority? And I was told yesterday, nine. I said, well, what if you don't want to play? Then you don't play. Michigan is not going to play from what I'm told. Michigan State is not going to play from what I'm told. But You know, who plays and who doesn't? Maryland, I'm told, is not going to play. Rutgers is probably not going to play. I know that Iowa and Nebraska and Ohio State, Indiana, Purdue, definitely playing. But after that, you know, that's where it gets interesting. But I really think it's going to be contentious with this vote and the number of schools that are going to play and those who are not going to play. And what's that signify, too? That's another thing I was told yesterday. If you're a recruit and the Big Ten's going to play football and all of a sudden Michigan doesn't play football, you're taking Michigan off the list. Michigan State's off the list. Like you're just going to go, I, I want to go because I'm going to go play football. And if the other schools are going to play and you don't, it's going to have a ripple effect. It truly is. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. Visit LegalZoom.com today to take care of those things that you need to get done without having to leave your home. That's LegalZoom.com. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll check in with the Cleveland Browns as well. I watched that game, and it felt like everybody, running game was great. Um, Now, granted, Baltimore is a lot better than Cleveland, but I don't understand the Baker-Mayfield-Odell-Beckham Jr. relationship. Because I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I felt like he tried to find him too much last year. Now, he did target him 10 times, but he had three catches. This, to me, is a running football team and should be a running football team. You've got two good running backs there. And their best receiver is probably Jarvis Landry. But the Cleveland Browns, who I think will make the playoffs, but give credit to Baltimore, Baltimore's done it again. Baltimore blows people out. Last three season openers, Baltimore, 144 points, the opposition 19. First team in NFL history to win three consecutive season openers by at least 30 points. They blew out the Bills in 2018, the Dolphins in 2019, and the Browns, of course, yesterday. McLovin, what kind of poll question do you have for me today?
4: Uh, Okay, I have a bunch of NFL polls. Uh, By the way, it doesn't seem that they figured out Lamar Jackson in the offseason. I just wanted to throw that out. Well,
2: I think (laughs) what I was told is keep an eye on the number of design runs for him and are they going to reduce those? Whereas Cam Newton, keep an eye on the number of design runs that they do use him for. I looked at it as Josh McDaniels basically saying, hey, this is Tim Tebow in Denver when I was there as the head coach. And I think that's the way they're going to use him. It's like, Cam, come on in. Showcase your talents. And yesterday he played well. All right, McLovin. Okay, which QB
4: situation is most troublesome? Start totally negative. Sam Darnold, Jets. Baker Mayfield, Browns. I'm going to put Carson Wentz, Eagles Mm -hmm. on there. Now you tell me if these guys deserve on the poll. Phillip Rivers? With the Colts?
2: I have concerns about
4: Phillip Rivers. I do. Jimmy G on the 49ers. Uh, you know where I stand on that. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dolphins? They were uh, Twitter was ready to bench him for two at halftime.
2: No, I, I mean, it's not. I didn't have great expectations for him. So I can't, you know, it's not like I go, oh my God, we got to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Tyra Taylor had an off day for the Chargers. His, his job is just as a placeholder, and, and hopefully, you know, Justin Herbert can absorb enough where he gets to get a chance to play. But Tyrod Taylor's basically in there, don't make any mistakes and don't do anything fancy. They're going to waste an elite defense. When this is all said and done, the Chargers could be wasting the opportunity with that great defense.
4: Okay, lastly, Drew Brees did not have big numbers.
2: Well, I got my questions about Drew as well. I mean, I, I look at the Saints offense, and I think as as he goes, they're going to go. But the question is, how much is he going to be trying to push the envelope here? Get the ball to Kamara, let him in open field. Uh, I thought Tampa Bay did a really good job defensively. They wasted a great effort. They really did. So I wouldn't put Drew in there right now. Carson Wentz concerns me. There's injuries, and he was great, and he was horrible yesterday. Tale of uh, two halves there, that uh, Baker Baker Mayfield uh, concerns me because I I you know you start to be less confident and his game was predicated on being confident and I don't see the confidence there um, and you know it's week one but I would say that there is genuine concern with Baker Mayfield and the Browns who
4: else did you put on there uh, so Philip Rivers yeah you didn't say exactly why you were worried about him was it arm strength or
2: just not knowing his age and you're in a new system and you didn't get to really work out with them. I, I mean, arm strength is going to be an issue there as well. You know, winning close games. That's what I want to know. I got, I got to see him win close games.
4: Who else is in there? Um, okay. That's well, let, that's a negative. Let okay. me give you the good side. Okay. The MVP race is going to be crazy with Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and now Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if I was going to ask, if you had to put a week's pay on who wins MVP. So Aaron
2: Rodgers now back in the MVP oh, race. I like back that. In, I don't know why you, everyone's like, <laughs> he's like the 14th best
4: quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, he was amazing yesterday.
2: Well, I'm just looking at, and look, we make fun of the overreactors. I don't want to overreact. <laughs> I, I just didn't overreact to the demise of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, and I think people thought, well, it's a foregone conclusion. All the things we've heard, well, not a great leader. Uh, you know, they want to be more of a running game, a running team. Uh, you know, they couldn't pass up on Jordan. and Like all of these things, he has no weapons. All right. I understand that. But Aaron Rodgers it can still be the best quarterback in football at times. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how good those weapons are going to be. To me, it was, a, I guess, a bigger question a referendum on the Vikings like the Vikings you're letting him put a 40 burger on you at home and you're supposed to have a really good defense Kirk D. Cousins didn't do much he did a little bit late but that score was certainly not indicative of just how much better Green Bay was but that was more about Minnesota in my opinion because I think they made the Packers look a whole lot better than they probably are. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Packers,
3: 32 carries, 160 yards, five yards a carry, and they're like four deep at the running back position.
2: Yeah, and then Rodgers, you know, throwing four touchdown passes. Yeah, McClellan. Some people are saying Devontae Adams
4: looks like maybe like the num- like number one receiver in the NFL kind of skill level right now.
2: Well, I don't know if number one receiver, but he is a really good receiver. But he's going to have to be really can he's going to have to be like Michael Thomas with the saints. And uh, Deandre Hopkins, by the way, had a nice little career day. (laughs) You get one day, you have your career day. It's the first day. And that'll pretty much define that trade. Now it's over. Yeah. Arizona officially won that trade with the uh, Texans. Anything else? McLevin, then we'll take a break. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
4: Uh, Okay, real quick, who's a defensive player who you said wow about this yesterday? Oh, man. Aaron Donald, Alden Smith with the Cowboys, Shaq Barrett with the Bucks, Jamal Adams with the Seahawks. Uh, you might throw Jalen Ramsey on there with the Rams. I heard his name a lot anyway. And uh, Stephon Gilmore quietly uh, was dominant again.
2: Let me take a break because uh, there are two players that really stood out defensively yesterday. Uh, we'll hear from Tom Brady coming up. Also, Bruce Arians Did not mince words talking about Tom Brady. And I never heard Bill Belichick do that in a press conference where he calls out Tom Brady, but Bruce Arians basically said, Tom's got to play a whole lot better, and those interceptions were on him. And what was Jameis Winston thinking as he sees Tom throw a pick six there, and he's on the uh, opposite sidelines? Do you cheer, or do you say, hey, I'm not the only one who throws pick sixes? Plus, you could probably yell across the field to Bruce Arians. Hey, you, you you could have had me, even though he's third on the depth chart. All right, phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll settle on a poll question, and we'll come back. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, the Cleveland Browns a little bit later on as well. Uh, 18 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. The FBI's cyber division is warning that Students and families will be increasingly vulnerable to cyber attacks because of the current online learning use of teleconference applications. Since the start of the pandemic, there's been a 300% increase in cyber crime activity. Hackers are becoming more sophisticated in taking advantage of teleconference accounts through which they're pawning information like emails and passwords. So it's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put information at risk on the internet, and you don't want to just monitor your credit. That's why you need LifeLock. If there is a problem, if they detect a wide range of identity threats like your social social security number for sale on the dark web, if they detect that, then they send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Find out if your information is available on the dark web. Get a free dark web scan at LifeLock.com slash scan. Pick the plan that's right for you. Save up to 25% off. Promo code is Patrick. That's lifelock.com slash scan. 25% off promo code Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: Call
2: 1-800-GAMBLER. The original light beer, 1975, Miller Light. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Light, my friend right there with me. Miller Light keeps it simple, undebatable quality. It's, you can't debate it. I would try it. No, least. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.
5: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
2: This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe because life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the Dan Patrick Show app or danpatrick.com where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Play of the day coming up. Got another stat of the day or two. Your phone calls are welcome. Best and worst of the weekend. Here is Tom Brady talking about how bad the offense was considering how good the defense was.
3: Anytime you turn the ball over like we did, you know, we had opportunities out there to make plays and and uh, it just came up short. So um, there's no excuses. And we're the only ones that could do something about it. The Saints kind of play how they always play. They did a good job on offense. You know, we hung our defense out to dry, you know, on some short fields with not moving the ball, not, you know, doing very well on third down at certain times, not the turnovers really hurt us. And, uh, you know, got to clean that up for next week. We got to do a lot
2: better job. Here's Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers head coach. I thought we
6: came out and, and, you know, went right down the field and made some good plays and scored. And uh, then we hit some lows when we weren't on the same page. And don't know why, but we'll work on it. And, uh, you know, we've tried not to listen to the hype and just go to work every day. And we'll go back to work Tuesday and then get better for Carolina.
2: Yeah, you start to watch and you go, okay, it's going to take a little bit of time. Get everybody in sync there. And the defense played really well. If I would have told you the numbers the Saints put up on offense, you would have probably said, wow, Tampa Bay got a win in New Orleans, right? And that wasn't the case. Rick Stroud covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, and he's kind enough to join us from New Orleans. What were the expectations going into this game, Rick?
6: I think they were high, Dan. I mean, you know, the problem is you come out of it um, with the debate is, like, who did Tom Brady remind you of which Bucks quarterback? Was it Trent Dilfer, Benny Testaverde, Chris Sim? Like, you just didn't anticipate that, right? Um, he didn't play well. And they didn't play well as a team, obviously, at times. But you, you just don't expect to pick sixes and, um, you know, another throw that got away from him over the middle to, to Mike Evans. And, and I think you come away saying, you know, this is going to be a difficult task. You knew that going in, but it might be harder than we even anticipated just because, you know, he, he seems to be caught in the middle. He didn't look like Tom Brady checking the ball down, getting it out of his hands quickly, uh, and yet he also didn't really drive the ball down the field. He's sort of stuck there. Um, and, and I just I just think it's going to be a you know much harder process maybe even than, than he expected, especially with, with no – you know, no preseason games, no training camp or, uh, pre, you know, off season work and that kind of thing.
2: What was Brady like post game?
6: Well, he, you know, he was very, uh, somewhat Belichickian, you know, very Patriot like he took the blame, you know, for everything, including coronavirus and, uh, hurricane <laughs> Sally or whatever is approaching. I mean, it was, you know, if nothing else, he's accountable. We know that. And, uh, you know he was he was sullen i mean he wasn't he wasn't happy with any anything they they did and you know i think the players you know he's been very upbeat you know in practice very positive with guys he's got nicknames for all of them scooter and you know and juice and all this and that's great but they found out what what the real tom brady is like when things aren't going well on the field and i think practice is going to have a little different tenor to it this week than it, than it did before
2: but you have to temper the expectations, though, Rick. You're on the road against an established team, a team that people are looking at as a Super Bowl contender, that they didn't have many off-season acquisitions, and it is Game 1.
6: Yes, it is Game 1, and, you know, we're in the, the overreaction Monday business. So that's <laughs> what I'm trying to I'm trying to hype this up, Dan. We can't have nice things in Tampa, I keep telling you. You want to talk about the Lightning? I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I... I've seen this movie, and it always ends badly. I mean, here's the thing: um, <laughs> it, we expect it to be better. You know, the one thing they have going for them maybe is the schedule. I mean, they got Carolina, which has a new program, and Teddy Bridgewater, who was the other guy that would have signed if Brady didn't. Um, and then they, you know, or they go to Denver, and then they, you know, after that, and then they've got, uh, you know, the Chargers at home. So, so maybe they can get, you know, in, in three weeks, we're talking, and they're three and one, and right back in the division race. Um, But you just never want to put that kind of product. You know, I just think there were so many expectations and so much hype. And I'm wondering what Jameis Winston was thinking uh, as he's watching, you know, Brady throw a pick six going the other way, something he did seven times last year. Brady's only done it 14 times in the regular season before yesterday.
2: That was my next question. I was wondering what Jameis was thinking that, uh, hey, you know, maybe I'm not that bad.
6: (laughs) It was a big, big ego boost for for number two on the on the Saints on the sideline. I kept thinking, man, you you know, here's the thing. It was so quiet. It's like, you will you hear a jaw drop, right? I mean, in the building, you, you know, we were there, and you can't imagine between commercial breaks, I mean, the Saints just shut all the noise off. I mean, you, I heard conversations I don't think I was supposed to hear, but, but Jameis was probably the loudest cheerleader, you know, and I, I could recognize his, his booming voice, and uh, he had a really good time. And, and, and he probably came away from there thinking, you know, I'm not as bad a quarterback as even I thought I was. I mean, you know, I, I recognize the pressures from Donovan Smith, you know, the Matador blocking there, the, um, you know, different things. And and so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, he's still number three on the Saints uh, depth chart. But, um, you know, it, it's sort of – this was every buck game we've watched for the last five years, and I think that's the – You know, that's sort of the takeaway.
2: I was uh, surprised that Bruce Arians, you know, he just said Tom didn't play well, and he talked about those two interceptions. Bill Belichick doesn't do that. And I don't know, how does Tom Brady take that from his head coach? This wasn't one of those in private, hey, let's talk. It was to the media. So is that who Bruce is going to be to Tom Brady this year?
6: I think so. I mean, you know, Bruce has always been fairly fairly forthright. I I don't think he has, you know, um, I don't think he minces his words. And it will be interesting to see that because, you know, Ber- uh, Belichick was always more team-engaged. And, you know, although Brady took it on his shoulders too. But what what were you going to say? I mean, you, you had two options. You could say, well, you know, we got to get, you know, we'll get better, which is not not Bruce's style. Um, but, you know, Bruce is of the, you know, tell them their football sucks and hug them up later, Bear Bryant, you know, type philosophy. And uh, win or lose, we booze, right? I mean, he's not going to let this wallow. For very long he'll be he'll be upbeat today and um you know they did some good things i thought the defense you know at times if i'd have told you that you know michael thomas was going to have three catches and drew brees was going to throw for 160 yards and alman kamara was going to rush for 12 uh or something like that you'd say well how you know how bad did the saints lose by and uh so there's some good things but it just, wasn't, just didn't happen on offense after that first drive. And, and Bruce, Bruce is going to say, you know, the way it is, and the quarterback didn't play well at times.
2: Yeah, and I was going to follow that up about the Saints, that they didn't play well and they ended up winning. Um, right. You know, when you, when you look at the Saints, I mean, they have all the ingredients there. My big question is going to be Drew Brees this year, but what you saw, how formidable will the Saints or should they be?
6: Well, I mean, look, Sean Payton's a, a tremendous play caller. He does some things that gives you problems. I mean, you know, the creative use of Taysom Hill, I think, is still an evolving part of their offense. Kamara is, is an absolute beast. You have to tackle really well, and I think the Bucks did that. Not everybody's going to tackle as well as they did uh, yesterday. But as far as, like, getting the ball down the field, now if you make a coverage mistake like they did, you know, he's not going to miss those. Those are layups for him. And he got the ball down the field one time, but I – I'm, I'll be interested to see if, 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 defenses, you don't challenge drew, you know, to go over the top more, you know, to hold on to that thing and see if you can develop something down the field. Cause I'm, I'm not sure where his arm is at at this point. He certainly like most quarterbacks don't want to get hit. Um, it's hard to get to him cause it's coming out fast, but, um, look, they, they still have a ton of weapons over there. Michael Thomas is going to be, you know, catch more than three balls in many games. And, um, I think the Saints are a good team. They're good on defense, too. Um, that's the thing that I think people have to realize is that their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Keep your head up, Rick. <laughs> well, I'm, I was wearing a mask because of coronavirus. Now I'm trying to stay away from being recognized by Tampa fans, you know, if they're to be flying back home or something. But,
2: uh, yeah, safe, that's just one game. safe travels, Rick. We appreciate it. We'll check in with you a little bit later on this season. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Rick Stroud covers the Buccaneers in the NFL for Tampa Bay Times. Yeah, I know it's only one week. It's only one game. But sometimes it feels a little bit bigger than that. Now, that could be in a defeat or a victory. Like, if you're a Bears fan today, those first three quarters, you were done with Mitchell Trubisky. And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, and you go, you know what? Starting to see some uh, maturity here. Now, what do you do if you're a Bears fan? Not that you have a choice, but... Are you sort of all in on Mitchell Trubisky here? And for the Detroit Lions, should have won that game. Swift drops the ball with seconds to go. It just, you know, Washington's victory over the Eagles felt like it was more than just a one win. Jacksonville's win over the Colts felt like it was more than one win. Arizona's win over the Niners, that felt like it was more than just win one win. And I know that New England fans, because I heard from some of them yesterday, like, yeah, we won the trade. We got Cam. Okay, Tampa was playing in New Orleans. You're at home against the Dolphins. Easy. I love watching Cam play. He makes them interesting during the regular season. How they're using him, I found it fascinating. Fascinating. I love that here's Belichick who gets to go into his lab and go, let's do this. Let's try this. That's what I'm excited about with Cam. Love watching him play. Even the post-game outfit. Wasn't that uh, Jim Carrey in the mask? (laughs) He looked good. Cam Cam was styling. Now, can you wear that when you lose? That's why I always wondered... Does Brady have a if we win outfit or if we lose outfit? Cam, it feels like I'm wearing this. I I, I look like a canary, and I'm I, win or lose. This is what I'm showing up at the post uh, game press conference. Yes, McGlove. I was thinking with coronavirus,
4: you probably don't have a lot of options about changing after the game. So he probably would have had to wear that.
2: Yeah, I'm just I was joking. I. That was the outfit he had. I don't think he had one, you know, very subdued, bland colors here. I
4: I thought we did learn that guys do do two outfits,
2: though. You just said do-do. Here is Cam Newton. He had an altercation at the end of the game with the Dolphins, and uh, it looked like somebody was trying to pull off his chain. I
6: realized I was talking to a person that's known for doing splits, so that wasn't characteristic of myself to keep going back and forth. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's football. And for me, no matter who it is, you know, I play with a competitive edge and I expect the other team to have a competitive edge as well. And at the end of the day, anything outside of that, it's just all about respect. So, you know, I don't, I don't disrespect nobody and I wouldn't want anybody to disrespect me. But yet, at the end of the day, we got the,
2: the thing that was most valuable today and that's the win. I thought uh, he looked good, but there was this – I'm watching the red zone – and they cut away from the game. And you could see where Cam is having words. I didn't know who he was having words with, but I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, here's Bill Belichick talking about how well Cam played today. He played well today. You know, he, he hit a lot of passes, he ran the ball well, he led the team, uh, he made some good uh checks and adjustments you know i thought that he he did a good job uh i mean look there's room for improvement from all of us so you know i'm not not saying it was you know it was the best executed game in the history of football but you know we we did some good things today in all three phases of the game we're proud of that and we'll go back to work on the things that we need to we need to do better but I thought he did a good job for us he was also asked about playing a game with no fans
3: Bill, you are obviously someone who has seen a lot of football in your day, been involved in a lot of games. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there? Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life?
2: Practice.
1: <laughs>
2: Practice. You can just tell that the here's the windup and then the pitch, and then Bill hits it out of the park. Simplicity works with Belichick. That way, it kind of you know it numbs the pain when he's going to leave you hanging there. If you just say, "What was the atmosphere like with no fans?" That's all. You don't have to say, "Bill, you've uh, been involved in a lot of football games." Yeah, we know that. Play it again because it's it's a wind up, and uh, the pitch is takes too long to get to the plate.
3: Bill, you are obviously someone who has seen a lot of football in your day, been involved in a lot of games. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there? Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life?
2: <laughs> Practice. <laughs> you just have to say, what was the atmosphere like? Because I, I got to get you talking. And-, and don't, you know, lead him and say, you know, what was it like? Was it like... You've, you've been involved in a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, he has. Bill, what was the atmosphere like? Yes, Tom.
4: I know Belichick couldn't care less when it comes to the media, but at a common courtesy in front of his colleagues, as, as far as the reporter, he worked so hard to try to phrase that. Can you give <laughs> him something more than a one-word <laughs> answer, knowing how hard he worked to get that question out of him?
2: Yeah, you can't back that question. But that's, that's Greg Popovich as well, where you just know that the longer you go the The shorter his answer is, the longer you go, yes, he, and just seeing his miserable face <laughs> waiting for the question to be yeah, over, yeah, <sighs> practice, and that's after a victory that's where if he would have said, "Hey, what do you think the atmosphere was like for Cam Newton, he probably would still be talking, because man, does he love Cam Newton, like this is this valentine 's day. I'd never heard him. Say th- nice things about Tom Brady like this, and I'm sure he did. Maybe after a Super Bowl, but this is Cam after one game. Maybe after a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> after. <Super. laughs> yeah, and you're right. Hey, uh, Tom threw for 500 yards in this Super Bowl, and yeah, but other people did some great things too. It could have been he could have thrown for a little bit more than that. Oh, let me look at the tape. That's it's a team if, game. Yeah, so if, if, all three, all three phases. <laughs> <laughs> Only one game. Yeah. All right, let me take a break, play the day coming up, and then your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
5: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
7: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace.
4: My God. The,
2: play, the play's play of the day. left,
3: side, got it! Gonna play it and play it. This is the play
0: of the day. Check this out. The 3-1 pitch on
2: the way. A swing and a ground ball toward the middle. Baez has it, throws to first. Alec Mills has just pitched a no-hitter. A no-hitter for Cubs right-hander Alec Mills. A ground ball to Baez, a routine play. The Cubs are mobbing the young right-hander on the mound, jumping up and down. What a great moment for Alec Mills. That's courtesy of 670 The Score, Cubs radio network. Alec Mills, who I don't think was drafted, didn't have a pitch that topped 91 miles an hour yesterday. Chicago sits atop the NL Central with a four-game lead over the Cardinals. That is your play of the day. Brought to you by LegalZoom during these unprecedented times. You can rely on LegalZoom for legal help. Visit LegalZoom.com today. Take care of the things you need to get done without leaving your home. That's LegalZoom.com. Also, I think the first time in uh, baseball history, the Cubs and White Sox have had a no-hitter in the same season. You had that uh, earlier, Lucas Giolito, who threw the no-hitter for the White Sox earlier this year. He had never pitched more than seven innings, by the way. Mills, 15th career start, never pitched more than seven innings. Throws the no hitter. Uh, a couple of phone calls here coming up. I uh, got some thoughts on Mike D'Antoni leaving the Rockets. I told you that was going to happen. Then all of a sudden, Daryl Morey he said, Hey, you know, our top priority is re signing Mike D'Antoni in the offseason. I said, Well, it might be for you, but not for Mike D'Antoni. Cause Mike D'Antoni is going to, he wants to leave that mess in Houston. And he'll get an opportunity. 76ers will be an opportunity. Uh, Indiana Pacers will be an opportunity. Who wants that job? Does the former Rocket guard, Sam Cassell, take over that job? Is Houston a good job? Yes, McLevin.
4: Paul, you asked if I would want Mike D'Antoni for the Sixers. Now, I always thought with Phoenix and Houston, he could never get to a title. But maybe he could come up with something for Ben Simmons, like a new scheme. Is there anything that's saved there with mm-hmm. coaching?
2: I, I don't know. I'd have to understand what he sees in uh, Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. It, it would be counterintuitive to what he's done with other lineups, with Phoenix and uh, certainly in Houston. I mean, it would be a different approach for Mike D'Antoni. I could see D'Antoni with New Orleans more than I could Philadelphia. and. I like the Pacers roster. I just don't know if he's going to do seven seconds, you know, shoot the ball in seven seconds or less. You know, does he believe in small ball? Can you have that philosophy with another team here? And I don't know if, I don't know if you could do that in Philadelphia, Uh, New Orleans, probably I need to get Zion out on the break, moving Uh, Lonzo ball, Brandon Ingram, get him moving, running, but it, It's a style that doesn't work in the postseason, certainly with the Rockets. And I don't know if that's a great job now. Yeah, Paul. Uh,
3: That's what I was saying. If you are a young head coach who wants to have an NBA job, what's the system you're running with the Houston Rockets? It's James Harden. That's the system, right?
2: But I don't know if you can trade Russell Westbrook. He's just not a good shooter. And in an offense that encourages you to shoot and shoot threes, you have a guy who can really help you during the regular season. Because every, you know, defense is, you know, at a minimum. Sometimes it's just a rumor in games. But, you know, during the postseason, there's going to be defense and you're going to have to hit those shots. And Russell Westbrook, to me, with James Harden, it's not going to work. And you gave up an awful lot to get Russell Westbrook. And it feels like he's only going to get worse later in his career because he's not going to have the same kind of explosion that he had when he won the MVP. But... I don't know if that's a great job. Regular season, you're going to have some fun numbers. Postseason, you're not going far. Uh, the Nuggets have forced a game seven with the Clippers. Oh, by the way, that happened yesterday. Yeah, It was, it was such a strange you know day. I'm watching the U.S. Open in tennis. I, I flipped over. and I, I was curious, and all of a sudden, John McEnroe goes, I don't know if a team is going to be able to finish this out. You know, he had cramps. So I said, all right, I'll watch it. And then I watched the rest of the U.S. Open. Uh, the no-hitter yesterday. The Nuggets beat the Clippers yesterday. And then there was all this football yesterday. Yeah, McLevin. If you hadn't told us the Nuggets beat the Clippers. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not sure we would have. Well, even the U.S. Open. Because I text yeah. everybody. I said, Channel 206... And then Seaton tunes over, and he basically goes, what What am I watching? I'm not really sure why I'm <laughs> supposed to be watching. I mean, I get that it's the U.S. Open. Somebody's going to win, but what's remarkable about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just McEnroe was saying, I don't know if this guy's going to finish. And he was down two sets to start and then came back to win in five and limped towards the finish line. So. And then you got the other U.S. Open. That's going to start this later this week. Pretty amazing. Yeah, McLevin. Uh, how easy is Wingfoot to play? It's not easy at all. <laughs> that is a tough course. You've been out there? Yes, I played that course. It played me. That is not a fun course. It's a very challenging course. Beautiful piece of property, though. Yeah, looks like some English manor. I mean, it's, it's beautiful there. But that is not a... That's a tough course. I didn't have fun. Ted in Tampa. Well, there he is. Ted, good to have you. Best and worst of the weekend.
6: Hey, uh, welcome to my world, (laughs) D.C. Hey, you know, the offensive line, not the same line that you and I talked about back in the spring because they added Kristen Wurst, Ali Marpet. The offensive line and defense played good enough to win last night. Special teams suck, but uh, our left tackle, come on. He's been here five years. Even Joe Buck was calling him out at halftime. Hey, Donovan Smith, you got to play better. He's been here five years. I wish you could have asked Rick Stroud, What is the love affair that uh, the general manager has? uh, And Brady needs to know that twice last night, uh, people ran right around our left tackle and tackled Brady from the behind. And the two times they came in and shoved Donovan Smith into Brady as he was passing. So this is supposed to be our all-in year. We've got to get a new left tackle.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Ted. Ted had been telling me about the offensive line for quite some time. I told him they weren't going to be as bad as last year. Well, it's only one game. Only one game, Ted. The schedule's pretty friendly to the uh, Buccaneers coming up the next four games. So, all right. You can just hear... like If I'm a Tampa fan, I'm not that depressed today. There are other fan bases that should be depressed today. Imagine waking up and you're a Jets fan. Well, if you go to bed as a Jets fan, it's not like you're going to wake up and you're going to feel any different. There's other fan bases that are in far worse shape. All right, one hour in the books, two more to go. Best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls coming up here.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.